Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to our show. Good people, welcome. By the way, I don't want to discriminate bad people. Welcome to our show as well. Anyone who want to learn more about creating the right content strategy with AI, artificial intelligence, because today it's hard to ignore this topic. That was simple yesterday, hard today, impossible tomorrow. And I think everyone needs to learn more about AI and use in their daily job. It's not only in marketing at any niche. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Stefan Czeski. How are you? I'm doing great, Anatoly. Thanks for asking. I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation. I mean, there's so much to talk about in so little time. Nice, nice. Uh, Stefan, I had podcast with uh, Jeff Coyle. That was amazing podcast. He helped me to uh, create educational videos for my course about creating the right strategy. That's great video. Uh, I recommend to anyone to learn from Jeff Coyle. Yeah. And I'm excited to learn from you because I know about Market News. Uh, this company is one of the leaders. So, Stephen, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and how Market News can help people today to create the right strategy. Sure thing. You know, Anatoly, I started with Market News about it's now five years ago. And back then, um, when the co-founders, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Coyle and Aki Ballard, they showed me their topic modeling. And I was just amazed, right? Because what it was is that what we know, now know as content optimization. Back then, it really wasn't a thing. Um, and personally, I still believe we have the best topic modeling technology. Maybe we'll talk about that a little later. But since then, uh, you know, things have changed so much. And, and our platform has changed as well. We're no longer just content optimization. In fact, that's just a really small part of a content strategist's profession. Uh, now we're really looking more at uh, what your content says about you and how you can evaluate your content and your competitors' content, conduct competitive analysis, better understand uh, your, your topic authority and your competitive advantage, looking at your own content and how it relates to your competition. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Uh, okay, let's talk about market news and chat GPT. I'm interested because everyone knows about chat GPT today. Uh, if I remember correctly, plus 100 million users use yeah. this tool today. It's amazing because I compare data uh, with other prominent uh, companies like Instagram, Netflix, uh, Facebook. Chat GPT got 100 million users for two months. It's record. Yeah. So can you tell how to compete with ChatGPT? You have market news. Uh, it's amazing tool. But how uh, market news can help more than uh, ChatGPT that everyone knows? Sure thing. You know, one thing to keep in mind is that um, ChatGPT is a large language model. Mm-hmm. So in the simplest terms, all it's doing is it's stringing together words uh, in the most likely fashion that will satisfy your query. So if you're asking a question about general question about SEO, it's going to give a response that it knows will most likely satisfy your question. And in fact, it doesn't know anything. It's been trained on a whole bunch of data, 
but it doesn't actually know anything. Again, it's just stringing together words. So that's a lot different than, you know, Anatoly, if you ask me a question, right, I'm going to give you an answer based on my knowledge. I'm not going to think, um, okay, let me think of which words I'm going to start putting together, stringing them together so that Anatoly thinks this is, looks like a nice response. Humans don't work that way. Uh, mm -hmm. But chat GPT does. It gives the impression that it knows a lot, but it doesn't actually know anything. Um, now, you can actually get it to uh, look at a piece of content. You can give the URL, for example, and ask it to analyze tone and style. And it will actually come back and it will give you a pretty good response when it analyzes that piece of data. Because again, really what we're, we're talking about with chat, chat GPT is we're talking about the ability for it to uh, process uh, the data using natural language processing capabilities, understand it, that's natural language understanding. And then it generates a response using generative AI, which is that component natural language generation. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a lot different than, than what we're doing at MarketMuse. We're not generating, we're not generative AI. So you, you can't just put in a response right now into MarketMuse, not at this point anyways. You can't uh, ask MarketMuse a question and we'll give you a response in plain English. What we will do though, is we, you know, you give us your site, we will take all that content, we'll analyze that content. We'll look at it and see what sort of topics you're covering. We'll uh, give you information as to how some of those topics are ranking, if they're ranking or not. We also look at topics that aren't ranking. So it's not just a ranking tool. Uh, we'll then, analyze your whole site and see um, where you have advantages. So what we're looking at is uh, personalized metrics. All right. So instead of just looking at how difficult it would be for anybody to rank for a keyword, we all know what keyword difficulty is. We'll actually look at your content around a specific topic or what most people look at to call a keyword. We'll take a look at all that topic, all that content that you have around that topic. We'll analyze that see how it's performing, see how well that covers, look at the momentum, and then we'll give you a personalized difficulty score, which is going to help you under better understand um, how your content or how it's most likely going to perform if you create more content around the topic. So that's really what personalized difficulty is. It's all about how hard it is for your site to rank as opposed to anybody. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested about uh, asking the right questions because I see when content creators ask uh, any AI tool uh, generic questions. So they get generic answers and uh, create generic content. Uh, I think it doesn't work today. Google doesn't like it. Uh, users don't need the same content they can find on Wikipedia, many other, other websites. Uh, but, you know, I found how Elon Musk asked questions, uh, ChatGPT, uh, and I spent, I don't remember exactly, but uh, I read uh, his question a few times to understand what he means, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, ChatGPT replied, uh, yeah, that was awesome reply, and I got it, we need to provide a lot of details uh, to be specific as maximum as possible. Can you tell how to create the right uh, questions to uh, if we are going to ask AI and to get something unique compared to others? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. And this is a, a general, this is a general problem I see across the board. 
Um, and you've got to be really careful about using any sort of AI tool. Uh, a lot of people, what they're, and, and I see this a lot with content optimization, for example. So I'm just going to veer to that for a minute. People think that, okay, I've got a content optimization tool and I'm just going to see what everybody else is creating. And I'm going to do the same thing because if they're ranking, then I can rank with the same content. It doesn't work that way. As most people eventually discover, it's not just about creating this. It's not at all about creating the same content that everybody else does. Now, granted, there are, you know, when you're talking about a topic, there are what I call table stakes, the things that you have to talk about as an expert, right? Because if you don't talk about those things, um, it's going to look funny, okay? Uh, and, and you should be covering them. Granted, that's true. But you need to go beyond that and differentiate your content. Mm -hmm. You need to be looking at what are people missing in the conversation around the topic that you're interested in talking about. And the way we do that anyways in Market Muse is that we create a topic model and we actually, you know, you give it a topic, we'll go out and we'll look at hundreds, maybe even thousands, tens of thousands of documents that we create a large corpus. And that's how we create our topic model by looking at all those documents around a specific subject. So we create a, a pretty good topic model who I think is the best. And we come back with 50 of the most important topics. We actually display that as well in a heat map. And because the point is, is that you want to see how, how your top competitors in the SERP are looking and, and, and discussing the topic. And what ends up happening is because we create the topic model outside of just the top 20 results, you're going to find that there are gaps. Those contact gaps are things that uh, experts talk about, but not necessarily are being talked about just by the top 20 results. So when you start looking at those gaps, you can see, well, this is how I can differentiate my content. And I think that you should be applying that same principle uh, no matter what tool you're using. Even you know, if you're using chat, GPT, it's the same thing. So you don't want to just talk about um, or ask it, oh, you know, create me an article on SEO. Because mm -hmm. it will give you a very generic response and if if you um you know if, if that's all you're gonna do good luck that's yeah. all that's the best i can say that, that you know that is not a great approach at all yeah i think uh this approach uh you know uh, i often see this approach you know it's not only about ai when no. uh, companies uh analyze competitors uh find how they get traffic sales and replicate the same uh, forgetting about uh, unique selling proposition forgetting about uh, their strong sides for example if i'm not good with youtube how i can compete with i don't know mr beast many others if i'm going to jump on this field it's not my yes. strong side probably i can write probably i can use other marketing channels and yeah uh, i i see often when uh, webmasters just uh, analyze competitors get the average data and create uh, the same so yeah. uh, nothing special uh, okay let's talk about uh, ai for example you know when i create any response in ai okay i can be specific i can ask the right questions provide a lot of details uh, and uh, anyway ai can replicate existing content it's like rewriting tool good rewriting tool with awesome grammar but uh nothing special can you tell how 
to combine manual job with AI because I think uh, AI it's not golden button. We can't click to get everything what we need. We need to add more data, personal experience, uh, to uh, I don't know to provide some insights that people are interested to read. So can you tell how to combine manual and AI job? Yeah, I mean Anatoly, you're so right. Um, AI is not this easy button that you just press and it spews out content. That was the expectation. At least I got the sense, and I still have that sense, so that is the expectation uh, of a lot of people. And I think that's been the big attraction too to chat, chat GPT, because this is really the first time in history where we've had um, something that was easy to use and could spew out stuff that on the surface, it was pretty impressive, right? I mean, we've never seen this sort of thing before. And then when you start digging in, you start finding out that, yeah, you know what, not only is that generic, sometimes it's not correct, right? Um, and so if you're relying on it just to, to generate content, uh, you're going to be in trouble. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, in the worst case scenario, you end up uh, with content that promotes bias, um, could be hateful. It mm -hmm. could be, uh, you could be in a lot of, especially if you're in like YMYL um, uh, subject niches, you could be in a lot of legal trouble if you just, uh, you know, push out this content using chat GPT or any other generative AI tool without any oversight. So it's absolutely critical, I think, um, to, to really work this into your process. And I don't think it's enough just to, um, get chat GPT to generate the content and then hand it over to an editor. The problem there is that, um, you know, in, in the editing experience, uh, I'm just going through my own experience because it, as a background, I, I used to work at, a, at an agency a long time ago doing, doing editing. There is a certain level of, of trust. Now as an editor, you're still verifying, but you trust your writers that they're going to do their best job, uh, and that they're not going to knowingly falsify information. And the problem with chat GPT is that it's not a human. It doesn't yeah. lie because it has no concept of truth and falsehood, but that doesn't mean that it's always telling the truth. So the problem here is that if you're just using chat GPT and throwing that stuff at your editor, then they're put in a situation where they can't trust they have to verify like literally line by line. They're like lawyers. That's the way I look at it. They have to be like a lawyer analyzing every line of a contract to make sure that their client isn't screwed by their opponent. And that changes the dynamics totally. And I don't think that's sustainable at all because all of a sudden your editor now needs to be, um, and actually I think Jeff Coyle uh, uh, coined this term first, suddenly your, your editors need to be subject matter expert editors. They can't just edit, they have to be subject matter experts as they're evaluating mm -hmm. that line by line. So the way I look at this is that it's best to use generative AI. If you're gonna use it in, in, in the creation process, think of it as a, a tool that you're using to create your content. It's not going to output your final content. You could use it, uh, for example, you could use it during your research phase, just strictly as that, with the provision that um, it does make stuff up. 
So if you're doing things like asking it for uh, resources, you know, links to case studies, sort that sort of thing, you'll find that you're kind of disappointed half the time because a lot of times it will make stuff up. Um, and other times, uh, you know, it'll point you to links that no longer exist, right? Because it's training data ends at somewhere, I think somewhere in 2021. Well, you know, links die, things happen on the internet. So even if it does, even if it gave you correct information based on its training data, that may not exist anymore. The other thing to keep in mind is that what may have been correct back in 2021 or prior may no longer be correct in 2023. So that's another way that you can get false information. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Love it, love it. Awesome. Uh, I have the question about um, outsourcing writers. You know, um, mm -hmm. for example, I um, like 10 years ago, I had a team of copywriters who wrote about anything. Google ranked all this content that worked well. But things changed many times. <laughs> Today, I have no this team of copywriters because I prefer to find writers who know the topic. Uh, it takes time uh, for specific projects, but uh, I usually check out uh, a proven record. So if uh, writers wrote about such topics and uh, publications get traffic, so I can cooperate with uh, this expert. But the last time I found that many copywriters overuse chat GPT. Uh, almost everyone. Uh, they had record like uh, to write on Forbes, Search Engine Journal, <laughs> many other great publications, but they overuse chat GPT. Uh, and uh, uh, I played with this tool a lot, so I can feel it, you know, if I get such writing. Yep. Uh, even more, uh, I found another tool, uh, CopyLeaks. So I can check out uh, on this tool, uh, it's AI generation or not. And I found even great writers overuse this tool. I'm interested how to create the right task for writers. Uh, because I think everyone knows about this tool. We can't deny that it exists. We can't tell don't use it because they will use anyway. Mm -hmm. But we need to explain how to use in the right way because we don't need to get generic content, uh, cliche, something like this. So yeah. can you tell how to create the right task? Sure. But actually, I'm going to go a little step before that because you sort of gave me the answer and you gave everybody the answer if you didn't realize it. Now with the rise of chat GPT, I think the generic writer, uh, that, that profession I think is gone. I think it's really yeah. gone because <laughs> the, it's no longer viable. There's no point in just getting a generic writer when I can just go to chat GPT and get the output faster and cheaper. And so really what you have to look for now is, is not, not writers as much as people that have experience. People that have experience in whatever industry that you're targeting are gonna be more important than the actual ability to write. Because what, can, what will happen now is, is that prior, uh, before the rise of chat GPT, you could have somebody that was very experienced, but they just weren't very good at communicating, okay? In the written form, let's say. Well, now they can use chat GPT to help generate some of that information, correct it, incorporate their own experiences. And, and that's what's really the key, right? It's first getting somebody that has experience. 
And, and the second is getting them to incorporate their experience and insight into their writing, however it's generated. So mm -hmm. I think that you really need to be upfront and make sure you get the right people to do, to, to, to generate the content, to create that content. And they have to have experience. They can't just, they're, they're, the sum of their experience can no longer be, oh, I've written about the topic. That's mm -hmm. not enough anymore to just be yeah. writing about the topic. You really have to have some experience. Mm -hmm. Or, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give writers, good writers, some credit. Or you have to be good at, you have to have a good network and be able to reach out to the right people and get their input and use that to create your article. Of course, giving them credit at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's super important. And the other thing I think too as well is um, you should be using a style guide. And in that style guide, now we're going to have to start putting something in about the use of generative AI, right? And what your expectation is. And, and you know, personally, my expectation is that, um, you know, basically like you were saying, people are going to use it. You know, you, you can't just say no. Um, but the emphasis here is that, you know, you're, you're being asked to uh, contribute your experience and your insight in written form and, and not create a chat GPT prompt because anybody can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the other thing too, is you're going to have to, um, now you're going to have to tell people, look, you know, in addition to, you know, maybe checking for plagiarism. You know, maybe we'll be running this through OpenAI's uh, classifier because they have their own classifier now. And, mm -hmm. you know, if it comes up and, and the way that classifier works, it's not a, a binary decision. It's not like, yeah, this is AI generated and this is human generated. There's scales, right? And so if it comes back um, that, you know, this is probably uh, AI generated, we're going to have to have a conversation about that. Even if it's not, we'll probably still have to have a conversation. The reason is, is the way that these uh, detectors work is they're looking for patterns, right? Patterns in sentence length, patterns in complexity, because generative AI has that habit of, of producing these patterns. And those patterns are actually boring. That's what makes the, that writing boring. So even if you're not using ChatGPT and this comes back with that indicator, what it's telling me is that your writing is boring so we're still going to have that conversation <laughs> yeah yeah awesome i i think uh, you know once i spoke with jim edwards he has been working in business insider for 10 years uh he started a company from scratch uh, then the company was sold for uh 500 million dollars and yeah a thousand employees business insider a very popular mm -hmm. uh tool website and he told their success depends on creating non-boring content. So if you are talking about business, finance, it's boring. But uh, they found the way how to create non-boring content. And uh, I see today bounce rate is high. No, it doesn't matter what kind of content, video, audio mm -hmm. podcasts, uh, uh, books. Uh, because according to a few studies, only 5% of books people read on the average. So most of them... Uh, ignored in the beginning and uh, uh, can you tell how to create non-boring content uh, okay we have uh, market news uh, we have our strategy but in the end uh, if you you know i found that 
I don't remember exactly the right quote, but uh, the meaning like uh, the great ideas can be destroyed uh, mediocre people, uh, but uh, great people can, uh, uh, I don't know, um, can create great uh, things with mediocre ideas. So yeah. <laughs> can you tell, uh, for example, we have AI, we have market news, uh, we can create the right strategy. But uh, what about creating non-boring content? Uh, because AI usually provides uh, uh, the structure. And I see people, uh, okay, if I, I'm not going to, uh, cre generate, uh, to create text, but I can use the structure to ask about keywords. But uh, many others can ask about the same keywords. Any insights how to create non-boring more interesting? Yeah. Um, and, and you know what, that, that's kind of made me think of, uh, of an example as well. And I think one of the problems, a major problem with, with people creating content to, to perform well in search is this idea that longer content ranks better. Uh, and this kind of, kind of meshes with knowing your audience. And, and the example I'm going to use, and, and, and if you've ever looked for a recipe on the internet, you're going to know exactly what I mean. You're looking for a recipe. You click on a search result, and the first thing you end up getting is this huge 2,000-word essay about the recipe and how they developed the recipe and God knows whatever else about their day while they were making the recipe. And finally, at the very bottom of this long, long text, you have the recipe. And that's the worst experience. So the, the number one thing is actually understanding your audience and, and, and why they're using, why they're searching and using those particular terms and what they expect to get. So if somebody's searching for a recipe, they do not want the diatribe on everything about the recipe. I mean, that's fine. You might want to include some of that information after the recipe, but certainly not up in front of the recipe because that really destroys that experience. And, and, and to be blunt for myself now, because I like to cook, I look at recipes all the time. I've started just to limit my search to specific sites that I know don't put me through that agony. And on a related concept outside of, uh, of knowing your audience, again, comes back to this idea of, of you know, people misguided and think that longer content ranks better. And so what we end up having, and I've seen this over the years, um, people are writing longer posts, but they're not actually saying more or covering more information. Yeah. And in fact, we really have to start going the opposite way. In my opinion, we really have to think more like copywriters, even on blog posts, and figure out how to convey as much information as concisely as possible. I yeah. think that's the real key to creating engaging content. Yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, you remind me about one project. And um, I, uh, this project uh, hired two copywriters. One writer wrote long content uh, around from 2,000 to 5,000 words, a lot. Uh, and he wrote 50 articles, 50 three articles. Uh, the uh, second copywriter wrote uh, 30 articles, but uh, the average length from 1,000 to 2,000 words. Uh, we didn't ask them, please write a lot. We paid for article. 
because mm -hmm. uh, I think today it's not a good idea to ask, please write me like 5,000, uh, 10,000. I think it's better quality. So we highlighted about that. And we found that articles with, uh, from copywriter who wrote less uh, ranks much higher because users don't need all this fluff. Uh, we uh, check out these articles and found that a lot of information uh, people don't need it. It's boring, you know, to get the same, the same, the same. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I completely agree with that. I love it. And uh, we have the question about, uh, yeah, it's just a question. Uh, can Google beat ChatGPT with their own AI tool? What do you think? Because uh, today YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat creates their chats, uh, AI chats. So what do you think about Bart? Uh, it's called on Google. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Google's been at the AI game for like, a long, long time. Um, a lot of their stuff happens in the background. So, uh, you know, there's a lot that the general public just doesn't know about because it's operating in the background to help improve, improve search. So, mm -hmm. and they've been very cautious too in terms of releasing things because, you know, they don't want to have a, a negative impact on their product which is when I'm talking about their product, I'm just talking about search. So they don't want to have a negative, they don't want to negatively impact the search experience. And let's remember too, um, chat GPT is still, uh, it was released as a research project, right? It's free. I mean, you can pay for it too, if you want, but it's free because, you know, all of us, all, all the people that are using it for free, we're just, we're lab rats for open AI to see how people are using it. We're one big research project. Well, Google can't really do that or, or they're not doing that. So they're really looking at a way in, to incorporate uh, AI, I think, uh, as, a, as a front end to help with search as opposed to just typing in a search term. I, I think they're gonna do it. I think they have the resources to do it. I think they can. Um, how uh, will they succeed at it? I, I, I don't know, Anatoly. I mean, they've put out so many uh, products that have failed yeah. miserably. So I, I don't know. It's all about the execution. I think they have the resources. They have the talent. It's all about the execution. Yeah. I remember Jeff Bezos uh, replied to a similar question about Amazon. And he told that Amazon will be bankrupt in one day in one day because big corporations can't live for a long time but okay google is strong enough we'll see what kind of future will be uh but yeah i think it's really difficult to <laughs> predict this future so probably google can take the trade probably can lose so uh, in the end users will win because yeah. uh, for me i don't care uh google or bing or uh, uh, any other uh yeah. corporation so it's more important uh, what kind of value users uh, we can get, not uh, these big corporations. Marketers can adapt to any tool, to yes. any anything. And uh, I remember when someone asked Gary V about TikTok, is it a good idea to uh, create content on TikTok if uh, the US government will ban this uh, social media? And he, he replied, of course, it's a good idea because you acquire experience it's not like you uh you okay you can get insights from tiktok today you can promote your brand on tiktok 
but you can acquire experience and uh, use this experience to any other format, even if it's banned, if you have other tools. And yeah, the era of lazy marketers is that <laughs> we need <Yeah>. to, <laughs> to move fast and adapt. Uh, Steven, I have a question about common mistakes. Can you list? mistakes that companies still do by using uh, market news or any other AI tool and how to find a much better way. Oh, that is a good one. Okay. Well, we've already talked about that, the content length, the issue there, right? Where people think that longer content is better. Um, and in fact, what we do with market news when we're just, that's one KPI that we suggest right? We give you content link based on, on a couple of things, which is averages in the search. Also how much content you're going to be, how many topics you can be covering. So we kind of take that lower. We don't encourage, and our system doesn't encourage just more content. So but you still have to be cognizant of that, um, especially if you're using other tools. So that's one thing. Um, the other thing of what, that we've already covered too is this, this idea of I just have to do what everybody else does and I'll succeed. And on a related note, I think there's a huge mistake that most marketers are making is that they think that in order to rank, uh, all I need to do is just create this one page and optimize it. And I too will rank. And even mm -hmm. if you optimize it to the nth degree and even add in some unique insight it doesn't mean that that piece, that single piece of content is going to rank. And I think in this environment, that's even more so, and it's becoming even truer, if I can use that word. It's not one piece of content is no longer enough. I guess that's really what I'm saying. Uh, if you really want to rank for anything these days, you really need to create a, a whole cluster of content around a specific subject. Yeah. Uh, and that's the way to rank not only for that subject, but all the ancillary ones that relate to that focus topic. So I yeah, think that's a, yeah. yeah, so I think that's a strategic mistake that a lot of people are making. And we all mm -hmm. talk about content clusters, but then we always are just focusing on the one page. And again, the other mistake I think a lot of people are making too is they're always focused on uh, traffic, right? And they look at search volume as though, that somehow is going to justify uh, creating content around that particular topic. And you may find, especially if you don't have any personalized metrics to understand how well your content can perform, you could end up making a serious mistake by uh, going after topics for which you really don't have a chance of ranking. Yeah. And you're not going to find that out through keyword difficulty because keyword difficulty is a generic metric. Um, and, you know, you could have a site of, about, that talks about pizza and another one that talks about marketing and uh, a search term, how to fix your Ford Taurus, has the same difficulty for both sites, which we know is inherently wrong, but we kind of still use it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I think uh, uh, I remember one webmaster lost uh, 400,000 traffic because Google dropped some ranking positions, 
but he didn't lose any sales. <laughs> so he got a huge traffic that didn't convert. And yeah. I, I told him, it's not a good idea. You need to pay attention to traffic value, not uh, the numbers of people that can visit your website. If you have great traffic value, if marketers are willing to pay uh, a lot of money to get this traffic, then you can monetize if it's traffic related to your products. Of course, it's better mm -hmm. to relate as well. So we need to analyze this matrix more than how much traffic we can get. You know? yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Steven, uh, we have the question about is it possible to rank AI content? I think we replied to this question, but you can add more about sure. that. Sure, sure. I'll add some more. Um, a couple of years ago, back when... Uh, this would be back GPT-2, GPT-3, I'm thinking. Uh, <clears throat> this is just when, when people first started hearing about it. Uh, somebody created a site just using just content generated from GPT-3, uh, GPT-3, we'll say it was. And um, so I was curious about the site. Uh, and I found out about this on a Slack community. So it was, it was pretty private. Found out about the site. I was curious. I checked it out. And I was curious about a few things. One, I was curious about, you know, how well it was doing because they were talking about how much traffic they were getting and everything like that. Um, I was curious too, you know, how, how good is the content? I was curious about backlinking. I was curious about all those things. So here's what I found out. Um, I, I ran, I, I took a sample of the content. I ran it through Market News to check out how well uh, the content was created, basically how topically rich was it? How, did they do a good job for each of those pieces of content at addressing all the related topics? And it, it was terrible. The content was just really, really bad. Uh, second thing was that the links that it got, they were novelty links. So, you know, maybe they got uh, um, a mention in SEO journal, for example, right? In a link back, let's say. I don't remember what the links were. But it was sort of those sorts of things like, oh, this is really neat. This is all new. And so, the, you know, they got links back like that. But nothing to do with the topics they were talking about. And then third, when I looked at what they were actually ranking for, it was like basically like nonsense terms. You know, like not related at all to, uh, um, not really related to the, the, the main focus, if you could say, of each of those pages. So, uh, yeah, they were getting traffic. Uh, uh, and at that time, they were getting interest and publicity. But if you were a brand and, and you had to make money off the site, no, you wouldn't be able to. And so can you rank AI content? I, I, I've heard people ranking it. I, again, I, I, I see these stories. I just haven't bothered to investigate any of those. But I, I don't think you're going to do very well yes. uh, because, you know what, the market's pretty efficient. If you've got everybody generating this generic AI content, why do you think you're going to do any better? Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I, I completely agree. By the way, when I see on Twitter or on LinkedIn, when someone shares some uh, screenshots, that AI content ranks, but we don't see this website. <laughs> <You don't know laughs> what kind of screenshots we get? Because I uh, I see the same about PBN. You know, when someone tells, you know, my PBN works well. Sorry, I can't show, but mm -hmm. it works well. So yeah, probably I, we can't deny anything. Google is not perfect, but uh, I I think today it's not good time. 
manipulate to try to manipulate the system uh, because even if you can it's hard even if you can uh, probably in the future it doesn't work so yeah just wasting resources and yeah it takes money and time to create yeah. uh, content uh, even if you're trying to manipulate the system uh Steven, i have the yeah. final question about uh your experience uh, let's imagine you started from scratch You didn't work five years on uh, market news. You didn't know anything about AI. Your student wanna grow to become an expert in one day because I have many students in my network. So can you tell uh, what would you do today to learn more about AI? You know what? I, I, I think now, I think you're at actually, at a, in some ways you're at an advantage starting out from scratch than you might be like five, 10 years ago. In some ways you're at a disadvantage. So <clears throat> here's a couple of things I, I would suggest. One is um, if you, if you want to learn about, we're talking AI as a marketer using it. <clears throat> there's so many, there's so many different uh, uh, ways of using AI as a marketer. So the one thing I would suggest is, is maybe trying to focus on one specific aspect of marketing and, and learning how to use AI to do that well. I would suggest setting up your own site so you can conduct experiments, especially if, yeah. if you're doing content, uh, that would be the, the best way. Uh, and, and the other reason too, is that you might start off just generating content with the help of AI and doing that on your own website. But running your own website, uh, you know, it, it, you'll gain a lot of experience in other aspects of marketing beyond just creating the content, right? You can learn about email marketing, right? Because if you've got a website, you get people to sign up, you can learn about email marketing. Uh, there's a lot of free tools that you can use as well as a marketer, especially when you're, you've got the small limited requirements. You don't have 10,000 e person email list, right? You're starting off small, you can use free tools. A lot of those tools use AI as well, so you can get experience using them on your own site. I think that experience is the key and using your own site and using these tools that incorporate AI uh, to get that experience is, is critical. Yeah, valuable. I agree. I think, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I see when people overlearn. I love, I love learning, but I don't like over learning because you know yeah. if uh, people have short memory we we can forget about anything for a few days i can mm -hmm. forget for a few hours just tell me i can forget uh, that's why bill gates when he reads books he makes notes you know about anything to remind uh, mm -hmm. about such things and uh, even if i read a hundred books how to play soccer i can't beat cristiano ronaldo Lionel messi many others <laughs> because this guys prefer to hit the ball thousand times than read a lot of books so yeah. if you if you're going to learn about ai just do it practice test it experiment spend yeah. less by learning uh, but do by acting i remember mr beast uh, told uh, how he learned youtube and he didn't read uh, hundred books how to rank on youtube but he watched uh, uh, many videos and started to practice step by step 
to create bad content, to create uh, not great videos, but uh, learning from practice how to improve it step by step. And everyone knows Mr. Beast today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Steven, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you, tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to follow you, how to reach out to you. Well, first of all, I write constantly on the Market Muse blog. So if you want to learn about content strategy, by all means, you can read about that. Um, if you actually want to do it, you can sign up for our uh, for Market Muse. We have a, a free offering. That's a great way to get started and actually try these things out and learn about it. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Stephen Jeske. That's a simple uh, handle there. And I'm also on LinkedIn too. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Nice, nice. Guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Love it. All valuable insights. I'm going to use it. I'm going to read Market Muse blog because I know so valuable insights there. Okay, guys. Love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.